Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about the movies and TV shows that we turn to time and time again for comfort. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my little knitwear, cozy, uh, snug as a bug in a rug co-host, Chrissy. Who do who party, people? How are you? Oh, you know. Just living the vida loca? Exactly. It is so cold outside i know and you look so cozy like you're wearing like the perfect knit again not <laughs> this isn't a visual medium but i just feel like everyone needs to know that you're wearing the perfect knit sweater i'm inspired by Dan- diane keaton oh we will get into Classic. it on this episode yeah yeah what has been going on in your life this week what was this week i don't even remember did we do things um oh we did some things it was halloween yeah it was halloween that was last night Halloween was last night, so we're usually a week ahead in recording. So. We used to be quite a few weeks, but, you know, yeah. life life comes at you pretty fast. It does, <laughs> like Ferris Bueller said. Last night was Halloween, very cold. Um, we took my son trick-or-treating last night for a good 15 minutes, maybe like a good 20 minutes. We walked for a good 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, he, he went to one house. He, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that he was going to be too scared not understand the concept of trick-or-treating. He's only 16 months old. Yeah. But you did the best ant move of all time. <laughs> I wish I could say it was because I wanted to do something for the baby, but I did it for me. I know you did, <laughs> but it was still like such a... So we dressed Max up as Elliot from E.T. It was the easiest costume. He loves his trike. We just put him in a red jacket, bought the E.T. doll, which was the hardest part of the costume to yeah. find. And Chrissy dressed up as the moon, <laughs> which was so cute. Yeah. And then you got there and you're like, you're not dressed up. And I was like, no. I thought I didn't know Matt wasn't off to. I thought maybe like you guys had were going to be like FBI agents or something and that I was just contributing. No, but no, I was I had a matching costume with your son. <laughs> Last year, we made this like big F1 car to fit over his stroller and I bought Red Bull stickers and like I put Red Bull stickers on my jacket and I wore like a headset yeah. to be like control room and like that's the extent of it. I don't know if I'll ever be that mom who has the energy and time to also get dressed up. Yeah, but I thought maybe you'd just like write on a sticker like FBI and then put some sunglasses on and that would be... I could have done that. Yeah. I thought like it's still, you know, you're not like match. You're not doing like a matching costume with your son. You're just, you're part of the ambiance. Listen, this little boy doesn't sleep. I've been so tired. It's lucky like that I wasn't a zombie. I know. But I knew it wouldn't last long because I don't know. How do you, how do you prep a baby for, okay... We're going to go for a walk at night. Yeah. I don't think he's ever <laughs> even seen outside at night. And then everything will be scary. Oh, my gosh. And I love when people go really hard with Halloween decor. But there were some houses where I was like, I would be too scared to go up to you. Yeah. As a child. Several places had flames. Yeah. I don't understand. Choreographed flames to music. Yeah. Like there were some people had installations. We found out that those two houses were brothers. Yeah. And they compete. I mean, I mean, that's fair. Seems healthy. Every family's got to have their thing, right? <laughs> mine's just yelling at each other. Yeah, mine's like never speaking to each other again. <laughs> Maybe we could just pick a holiday and go really big for it. <laughs> but it was like, it was a good time. Like we, um, we were talking about how kids, like when we were kids trick-or-treating, we used to just go so hard into it. Like pillowcases full. You go yeah. home, you dump it out. 
And we were just like, kids don't really do that anymore. No. And then as we were like coming back up to my aunt's house, these little kids crossed us and we heard them say, we got to hustle. We're ahead of the game. <laughs> and we were like, they're still out there. There was like a Bob Ross and someone else, something else. And they were like, yeah, we let's go. So weird. We got the same good thing. We got to jump on it or whatever. Yeah, we're ahead of the game. We're ahead of the game. Yeah, that's so funny. It was so cute. But when we were little, it was like there was strategy. We even would wait in line at houses. It was... It was like a thing. Yeah. But I honestly think like us millennials just, just don't be breeding the same. Like we're just not pumping them out. We're not doing the three kids. And I didn't wear my costume or like my uh, jacket over my costume. I wore it, if anything, under. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to suffer for my art. Yeah. It would be freezing cold. Like yeah. just snot running down my face. But I was like, a jacket would ruin this. Yeah. You have to do it. And I saw pictures of um, some of my friend's kids, which obviously good parenting move, put them in like jackets and stuff. But yeah. I don't know how the kids didn't throw tantrums. Yeah. I saw um, Marie's kids. <laughs> was Bar- They're both Barbie? Yes. Oh, well, one was a cowgirl. Oh. Just a cowgirl. Okay. Yeah. And she's... 11 so she's at that age where like maybe this might be one of her last years yeah and she's like oh me and my friends we just want to be cowgirls i'm like what does that entail she said just a hat oh that's kind of nice though yeah and then evie went as a barbie in a box yeah and the wig was intense the posing was intense i love that kid she went really hard on it it was a fun time i really like experiencing holidays again through maxi but my mom used to just stay home and hand out candy. Like, my mom yeah. never went trick-or-treating with me. Yeah, same. And I don't want to do that. No. I don't want to be that mom. That's my one, like, feminist move. <laughs> <laughs> I will be the mom walking, goddammit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Another thing happened this week, pop culture-wise. Oh, Matthew Perry died. I know. What, what, what did you think when you heard the news? So, it's funny. I was at dinner with Jeff, and I told him, and he's like... Yeah, but he's, like, not that famous anymore, is he? And I was like, I don't think you get it. Like, there's people who reach... Okay, so maybe he's not, you know, a a like a plus list, but there's a threshold you hit and you're famous forever mm-hmm. and in the hearts of people forever. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Perry is someone everyone knows his n- name like he's yeah, he's infamous. He's like beyond famous. So uh, Jeff was like that. Not many people won't be upset. I was like, what are you talking about? This is a very big deal. It, it was, was very sad. Major 54. 53, I know. 53, 54. Yeah. Um, it was really strange because personally, it brought up a lot of stuff of when my dad died. Yeah. We don't know if Matthew Perry was sober when he died. We don't even know how he died. But a lot of talk has been going on about his addiction. Yeah. And his, you know, his past with drug abuse and alcohol. And my dad had similar struggles. Mm-hmm. We're unsure, you know, if my dad's death was related to that. But... It kind of, and this is one thing that I wanted to talk about and maybe it will resonate with somebody, reminded me how how much easier it is to have compassion for somebody going through addiction mm-hmm. when they're not related to you. Absolutely. Because all the comments that were made about his, his addiction, there was always this like ability to say like, but he had such a good heart or like, mm-hmm. were you so beloved? And that's one thing that I think... I wish I had when my dad was still alive. And I know I'm just bringing it down dark, but I just feel like it's kind of important to talk about how when you see people talk about addiction so honestly or with such compassion in the media, mm-hmm. 
and then you don't have that necessarily in your personal life, it really kind of fucks you up a little bit. Yeah. Because you're like, well, first of all, you don't know what it's like to live with somebody with addiction. Yeah. And secondly, you feel some kind of guilt for maybe not being able to get there. Mm-hmm. And, personal- and personally, I feel like these past couple of days, I've had to just distance myself from all coverage of it because... Oh. Yeah, and I didn't talk about this with you. I was waiting to talk about it here, (laughs) of all places. (laughs) Until we had a microphone? Yeah, but it really, in terms of, you know, trigger warnings and content warnings and stuff, like, it was too much for me to take. Yeah. Because he seemed to be this guy who had everything Mm -hmm. and had such potential and was, like you said, so, like, legendary TV status with friends. And yet this troubled life behind the scenes that maybe he didn't look the way he used to anymore. No. He didn't have a career the way maybe... I think besides Joey... Joey, Matt LeBlanc, mm-hmm. who's kind of like gone a different route. Yeah. Like he even, didn't really work as much as the other ones. Yeah, even Schwimmer's not around that much. Yeah. But well, the, except for the OJ thing. Yeah. When he was Robert Kardashian. <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought that Me was too. great casting. <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of brought up a lot of things of like this fall from grace type of thing. Yeah. That have been really hard to watch for me personally. Yeah. I think though his story is like a true testament to like addiction is not a choice. He had everything. He could have everything. Mm -hmm. He had Julia Roberts. I know. Like He could have had anything. And like addiction is not a choice. But it doesn't mean if you saw like... I know you're avoiding um, it, but his fiance, who was his fiance up until a few years ago, released a statement and her statement was a little more like she loved him, but he was a very complicated human, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so when you're close to it, it's not so cut and dry of it's not his fault because it does feel like your fault, their fault. It feels like everybody's fault. It's frustrating. Yeah. And that's why I wonder in a sense of what his family must be going through or people who like were with him day to day when it was really hard. Yeah. And just thinking like, it's amazing that there are all these people who love him so much. But as somebody who like when my dad died, people were coming forward to me with great stories Mm -hmm. that I needed to remind me that it wasn't all addiction. Yeah. So I think that that's an amazing gift that his career has for his family. But it was just maybe the first time I've ever had a celebrity death hit a little too close to home and Mm -hmm. feeling so like I just felt a lot of guilt over how I felt towards my dad. Yeah. And I it's been four months, four months tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And it's just not I don't know. It's just such a complicated thing. that Yeah. When this came up, I was just like, fuck, here we go again. Yeah. I think that's grief, though. It can just all of a sudden be square one again that's yeah how shit it is but sorry for bringing us down. no it's fine no i was gonna say like i think we also got the gift of like he wrote that book and though i didn't read it obviously i've seen many many excerpts of it and it gave us another insight into his addiction how it worked for him and how it seems like he was on the other side of it but mm-hmm. also admitted he'd never be so like i don't know it's interesting that he was so in the public eye again And then I truly don't like, obviously we don't know. I truly don't think it's like drug related directly. He probably had a heart attack or something like that. Yeah, we won't know yet. Yeah. And I think that's, it's horrible that even, you know, you, you can overcome these things. And I know that's something like you really wanted for your dad, but like Mm -hmm. 
it sticks with you forever. Yeah. It ruins your body forever. Yeah. And it just kind of becomes so tied up in the memory part of it. Yeah. That this is, I think, maybe a helpful thing for me to like start untying the two because in all honesty, losing my dad gave me back the ability to think fondly of him. Yeah. And have such a good memory of him. Yeah. Um, when the reality was much different. So if anybody is, you know, has lost somebody who had addiction issues and found it a little hard to reconcile the public worship, I guess, over mm-hmm. something that is so complicated to deal with personally and privately, just know I am right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I've been like, I was really sad when he died. Obviously, Friends is like, I'm not unique when I say one of the oh, yeah. so important to me. But um, It's the ultimate comfort watch. It is really it's like probably if you did a poll, it would be number one, no matter what. I think so. Friends I think, is the background show. Yeah. I think they'd be like probably Friends, Seinfeld, uh, more Girls, people would say. Yeah. Yeah. That was just like something that happened this week where I was like, I needed to just work through it. Yeah. It doesn't help that I watch so much Grey's Anatomy that I'm crying every night. Yeah. So maybe that's it's, me. Maybe it's therapeutic to cry every <laughs> <night>. Moving on. <laughs> one thing I wanted to follow up with you on Mm -hmm. is you had your second book club oh i did so this round i'm not i'm it's not it's nothing bad happened i just more people what bad could have happened i know it's book club no so this was their two-year anniversary so there was like they had messaged ahead of time saying there's gonna be presents and there was there's like I have a whole gift bag like they gave away free books and stickers and buttons and they went to every library in the region and they gave things wow and like you know some of it was just like information about the library but like there's also like bookmarks and stickers and a bunch of stuff so because of that though like twice as many people showed up than usual so there was like it there wasn't really the ability to talk as much and like i don't know like i'd rather like i didn't feel like we could have a really good conversation because it was so too many people in one spot like if anything we should have broken up maybe into two groups or something but i'm assuming next month will be quieter because there's no presence because the month before was quiet so we'll see how it goes the book everyone most people agreed it was not good so mm-hmm. that's good that i there was one girl who like everything she was saying i was like me and you girl we have the same brain i fully agree with you because some people were like i loved it halloween sex great and then the other girl was like i've been reading a lot of emily henry lately and this was just like a shit version of and i was like that's what i said <laughs> i said that on my podcast i wanted to say because i literally was like this is just a badly written version of other books with like a little practical magic sprinkled in but what i learned about this book which was interesting is it's actually a pseudonym for another writer oh who she writes thrillers that are very popular oh but she they think they said they didn't know why she does this but maybe she had like a certain book deal amount and so she also is writing these like kind of cheesy spooky love stories on the side but they said like her thriller books are much better because we kept saying we want more like she didn't give us anything the book was so short there was no history of the witches there was no no nothing was even tense at any point Did really feel like fanfic a little bit that's what they said too there's an apparently there's another book where like the characters have the same name there are things that happen that Stop. are the same there's like a in this book there's like a horny cave there's like a horny cave in that one or something a horny cave <laughs> like a sex cave so the the whole point is this guy comes from wales 
because his family founded the town and they have to charge the ley lines, which I've never heard of, but apparently is a thing and is in this other book too. And to charge the ley lines, you have to go and like touch this thing in a cave and it'll charge them with their magic and it'll last a certain number of years and they have to come back and keep doing it. So he goes with this girl and immediately, like, he pretty much was like, and then I was erect. And then we wanted, we were about to get it on in this cave. And then something went wrong. So then later, she goes in the cave with her aunt and her cousin. And I'm like, wait, is it still a horny cave? And they never mention whether or not it's, like, horny or not. <laughs> I don't Does know. Does the family have sex? No, they don't. Okay, That's good. why I was like, is it still horny even if it's all family members? Like, this oh, is God. such a weird book. Yeah. I don't know. It just wasn't... It took me a long time to read because I just did not care about these characters. But um, I don't know what we're reading next month. Apparently a thriller. Okay. So I'm waiting for the to hear about it. But I'm hoping that next month it's like a little less crowded because like, I actually want to have like conversations with people. But it's only like an hour. Mm-hmm. And if there's 12 people, 13 people talking... Yeah. I, this was something that I wanted to like ask people also. I asked people on instagram just my friends but i wonder if people maybe who listen to the podcast could tell us and we'll make a tiktok so you can actually like weigh in mm-hmm. how long do you give a book before you say meh not for me like books are expensive so if you yeah. buy a book you you feel like you gotta get your money's worth i'm reading a book right now it's called a touch of jen yeah and it's supposed to, and i told you I, I purposely bought this book because it seems like something that i don't read often yeah it's usually when i read i'm like i need a coastal town mm-hmm summers an affair of some kind Mm -hmm. and i need it to be like a saga like we've known each other for a very long time and like each chapter is like a year in your life or something like that yeah this book i felt like i was buying it to be a little edgy little cool girl who reads different cool girl stuff and i'm 150 pages in and i want to tap out Mm -hmm. but everyone keeps saying the ending the ending the ending do you hate that i'd rather just google what the ending is and not read it i want to do that but for some reason normally i would do spoilers but i kind of want to get there myself how long is the book i don't know like 300 something pages oh if you're halfway yeah but shouldn't i like it by now i don't know i'm someone who watches the first episode of a tv show and then goes nope wow and i know the first episode's never good but right away i'm like nope i didn't even get through the full first episode of beef and i was like never again i haven't watched that yet no it's terrible whenever somebody loves something too much i don't like it i don't get it but yeah i want to know how long do you give a book before you tap out or do you finish it all the way through no i love abandoning things but i'll go back to it every once in a while and be like why didn't i like this and i'll read a couple chapters and remember oh yeah i don't like it could you go to book club and be like i didn't finish it i guess i could well there was people there who never read it and there's multiple like multiple people who audio booked it literally no one actually physically had the book with them so some people took it out from the library and i guess had returned it um i had my kindle with me i did not take it out but like a girl next to me had her kindle out and then multiple people said they audio booked it so i was like i didn't even know that was allowed because you can get audiobooks for free so i just audio booked it but i would love it if one person just was like this book was shit and then just said i didn't finish i gave the lowest rating it was readable okay like it was readable it was it was halloweeny and whatever it just was like it could have been one episode of pretty little liars oh like i didn't need to read a whole book a show i've never seen before yeah like i didn't need to read a whole book not enough happened not enough suspense i like magic is tough for me i love harry potter 
But there's that, like, what is that, Court of Rose and Thorns yeah, or whatever it is? Yeah, Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah, and, yeah. and everyone's talking about their fairies. Yeah. I don't know if I can dabble my foot well, there, in Well, so in the book club, the one girl's like, a, I read a book a few months ago and it ruined me for all other books because it was the best book ever. And it was called Fourth Wing. So I was like, I'm going to look it up because the new one comes out this week. And I was like, if it's good, like, I should get it. And it's like, someone, someone, someone is a dragon tamer and i was like no (laughs) sorry even it was the best book ever no at least the reason why this book was acceptable magic wise is because it was literally like american witch got it so like they talk about salem she make like one of her main spells is she keeps her coffee warm Mm. all or all the time you know like practical magic yes so it was like it it was acceptable there were some things they never explained but there was like ghosts and like crystals and stuff you know like things you could like at least wrap your mind around from like modern pop culture of witches but could have been a 30 minute tv show it was probably like an episode of riverdale i've never watched riverdale but that's what i picture riverdale to be like wow (laughs) anything else happened this week um i went to brunch yeah in hamilton it was good. I went to the electric diner. It was good. It's kind of pricey. It was nice. Everyone was very young. Oh. Yeah. Even, like, she invited her old boss to the... And the, her old boss is younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's got to be older than me. And then she's like, what are you, like, 33? I'm like, mm, God. I'm yeah, old. something like that. I'm old. Um. Yeah. But it was nice. I love hanging out with the youngins, you know. They tell yeah. me what's new, what's hot, what's cooking. It's a good time. One girl said... I could talk to you forever or I could listen to your voice forever. And I said, well, I do have a podcast. Now you can. That's so nice. So Erica, you better be listening. Oh, my God. That's so nice. Yeah. I like when people like me. Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> Just like when people like me. Who doesn't? Yeah. Should we take a break and come back with our ex? Sure. Or did you have something else to say? No. Because I have nothing else to say. No, let's take a break. And we're back. Do you <laughs> want to tell me your comfort? No, you can do it. You can explain with the the rec side. Oh, every week we tell you things that we're doing, eating, watching, reading, just thinking about that gives us comfort. Yeah, that help our mental health. Yeah. Just a little something to get us by. Mm-hmm. Mine's are very simple this week. Yeah. Like everyone, I'm a Swifty. Yeah. And this week I went to a 1989 party hosted by my friend Sarah Jenkins, and it wasn't like... I think people thought when I said I'm going to an album party that it was like by the by the <laughs> record label. I was like, no, this is just uh, Taylor's going to be there. Yeah, this was just in her party room of her apartment, but she went balls to the wall, mm-hmm. like catered. Yeah, everybody had a strict dress code that we had to follow, which was well, there were options. You could go era 1989 that era inspired, but like 2014 was not great for clothes. No, or Taylor's hair. No, but I would have went, like, the the Taylor's versions. Like, I would have worn Baby Blue or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So then there was Rhode Island Chic, mm. based off of the kind of new aesthetic for the album. Mm-hmm. Or Taylor Swift merch you could have worn. Oh. And I just wore literally clothes that I had. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, Rhode Island Chic. I'm like, this is what I have in my closet. You are Old Rhode money. Island Chic. Old money. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, like, nice to be with a group of women i was gonna say girls because they're Mm -hmm. all younger than me but Mm -hmm. who i don't really know but it wasn't in like like you kind of said with your book club like you walk into a space and you're not intimidated to just make up like make a conversation with somebody yeah so it was really nice and i have been listening to the vault tracks on repeat and i think that they are her best vault tracks 
However, mm. Is It Over Now is a great album track, but I would say You All Over Me featuring Marin Morris I didn't is my hear, favorite. I didn't even hear that one. When was that one released? That was on Fearless. Oh, I didn't listen to Fearless. Oh. I didn't even try to listen to Fearless when it came out. No? Or Speak Now. No, I didn't even... I respect when people go through the album, but I go straight to vault tracks. That's what I did with 1989. Did you like them? I did like them. I did... They're all like the synth pop version i love 1989 but i didn't really like the re-records as much really no i i think that they sounded weird but i do like the vault tracks on this one they are pretty good i thought wonderland's re-record sounded fantastic and i admitted this week that was the first time i ever heard wonderland in my life (laughs) and i'm not sure i'm a fan obviously new romantics is great and i know you hate you're in love but it's good i don't i don't like clean you are in love this love like those mm-hmm. aren't for me. Yeah, I'm more of a out of the woods girl. You like a beat. I like a beat. I mean, when it's reputation, look out. Wait yeah. for me. I'm gonna be like drunk listening to it, dancing I, my face people off. People don't always rate that album high, but I do think it's like other. Okay, no skips. I'm a folklore girly forever, and I think that is her best album. But I do think Reputation is her strongest album. Me too. Like, like thematically, sonically, there's just so many songs, and you're like, that's Reputation too. Like. It, there's just so many great songs. These vault tracks seemed like she was saying, I guess some of them feel like sisters to other songs. And I was like, okay, yes, because I can hear um, uh, how you get the girl. Yeah. Or I can hear out of the, out of woods, the woods in this. Yeah. But I mean, if we're going to roast exes on albums, I think Harry Styles got off the easiest for it. It was just, it's just funny to be digging up the oldest dirt yeah it's just so funny to me that like because i honestly had this feeling this whole time that the vault vault tracks weren't real that they she does songs that she's just like writing now Mm -hmm. but like that one i was like oh that was in the moment (laughs) slut was so underwhelming i did not yeah i thought i was gonna be like because i'm a slut i know did you see the tiktoks of people going like pretending what it would be like yeah i'm I wanted her to yell the word slut. Yeah. It also had an exclamation mark in the title. Exactly. It's, but and no. I was just like, if I'm slut. was slut. underwhelming. I like the rest of them, though. For sure. For I sure. have a theory that her and Harry were never really in love. No. See, I was thinking, like, I think he's the one that will always have gotten away. What? Yeah. Why? Because I think Harry Styles just leaves something with you when you're Herpes? done. Maybe. But, like, I think, okay, I think that what's his name donnie darko can that's her first love it'll fuck her up right i think so oh for life that'll fuck her up for life for sure but i think that like she'll never find anyone as cool as harry styles and i think she cares about clout about coolness anyway like i think when she started dating when she was dating maddie healy i think this was her like i'm getting back to my the artsy british dude and then it didn't work out i don't know she's not meant to be with them but okay i think like Okay, people could say clout. I feel like she has a thing of like, if I'm in music and you're in music, we can be this musical power couple and we speak a different language. I think she is like she's someone who has a lot of fantasies because that's how she writes. Right. But I think I don't know. Can you have fantasies about Travis Kelsey? No, he's hot in real life. He'll he'll get you pregnant. Oh, he'll definitely he'll definitely get you pregnant. But he's not Harry fucking Styles. He doesn't wear his pants up to his nipples like. I so the reason why I think that they're not really a, I think that they were put together as a PR thing a little Britney Justin uh Selena Justin 
mm-hmm. e of mm-hmm. like you're in music she's in music maybe you guys can be whatever i feel like it's the kind of in love that you think you are at 23 well yeah and then it's just like not really what love is didn't you marry the guy you were in love with at 23 uh no we didn't start dating until i was 25 so just (laughs) the guy i was in love with at 23 did fuck me up though see but yeah you know you're right actually i'm gonna have to edit this my friend rebecca says that her favorite taylor swift ex the one that she thinks is the one that got away is taylor lautner no i never even think about him no no back to december she's not thinking about him i don't know i don't know no i don't think so i don't think so at all i think it's harry if you dated harry styles and taylor lautner joe jonas were the other people in your past who are you fucked up about see i think harry styles is meh is mid as the kids like to say online i'm a nile girl yeah but the world he's cool yeah this he's is probably the closest, its own episode. <laughs> he's the closest male alternative to Taylor Swift. That's very true, actually. Yeah. I just feel like... It's also got to be hard to see your ex all the time, every, all in the media every day. There's something performative about Harry, and if you love Harry and you hate what I'm about to say, I'm sorry. I feel like the things in his show where he like kind of stops and like talks to the crowd, it's like I feel like he's very aware of being perceived as like a cheeky little guy. Yeah, of course. So it feels a little put on to me. Yeah, but Taylor never stops moving her hands and makes weird faces, and she's doing the same fucking thing. So aren't no. I relatable? She could do no wrong to me. Aren't I relatable? It's the same thing. I don't know. It's all a persona. Oh my god, it, we're forty minutes into this podcast, and we. This is what the people want. This is what people want. <laughs> I give them what they want. I think if you come for the movies, you stay stay for the banter. The ba- uh, <laughs> we crack really This well. is literally, though, like you'll call me at Tuesday at 7 a.m. and be like, I'm just watching a baby eat. And then we'll have that conversation. Yeah. And that's literally what our old podcast was. Oh, and I no. think the people want it back. My, your mic's not working anymore. Oh, I pressed mute. Oh, no. When did you press mute? Oh, Hello. Oh, okay. It's not that far back. You're fine. No, it's okay. Okay. I think this is what people want, and we're going to give them what they want. And let us know if you want more banter. (laughs) More banter. Do you have any other recs? I didn't give one yet. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Neither did you. You just said you went to a party. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my rec is Taylor's version, 1989. (laughs) But you have to listen to uh, Is It Over Now? Yes. That's all you have to do. Just listen to it. Is it over now? Because then you have to go on TikTok and listen to the mashup where they did the mashup to them. We go, remember when you hit the brakes too soon? Like, we hit yeah. the bridge. Which I want us to do on TikTok, those blind rankings of bridges, because I feel like we would have very different ideas of, Absolutely. like, what it is. Anyways, so that's my that's my first rec. Listen to Taylor's version mm-hmm. if you're not already. Get rid of the old one in your phone, too, while you're at it. The stolen version. Well, I don't even have, like, mine just automatically plays, and the other day it did automatically play Out of the Woods, and I'm like, I know that sweater, wrong, and I skipped it. Like, (laughs) no, we only do Taylor version in this house. Yes, we don't support stolen art. No, we don't. Not that everyone's like, I'm street, I saw a woman on TikTok say, I'm not streaming it because I want to listen to the album, I've heard the album a million times, I'm doing it to support her, and I'm like, she's a billionaire. Yeah, she didn't need your support, but thanks. It's okay, she's fine. She's fine. Fuck Scooter Braun, but she's fine. I think she really needs to add more 1989 to the Eras tour. Like, how do you not have Out of the Woods in your set? I don't understand. That's when you told me that. I was like, what do you mean? That I was, was the first actual, like, song she released. Do you remember that? 
out of the woods yeah or maybe it was after shake it off but there was no music video for it like she released that song and everyone thought there'd be a video and then it didn't come out there was just a lyric video for it before the album came out oh i, I swear to god that. i, I love that, that style might have been that eventually too but i remember out of the woods came out beforehand and i was like this album's gonna be amazing getaway car wildest dreams out of the woods top three all jack antonoff bangers what's your mind what's my list lover all too well 10 minute version has like stolen my heart i know but i just feel like everyone will say that like that doesn't I even know. count to me because it's yeah, so good that's like just s tier on top of it mm-hmm. where are mine then lover out of the woods is up there i don't know my tears ricochet well my tears this thing is i all of folklore like i love peace i also love cowboy like me which i know is evermore but yeah so weird that you love that one <sighs> someone has to i just when i listen to cowboy like me i'm like how is this the same person who did look what you made me do like there this is a different fucking human being well that's why i want to change my hair because <laughs> i so okay so i didn't mention so when when the album came out yeah it was midnight and I was texting Sarah for her party. And yeah. I was like, I think I'm going to cut bangs for myself. Yeah. Why didn't you wear your fake bangs? I didn't end up buying them. Oh, I, I was like, did. I'm just going to cut bangs. Yeah. So I go into my bathroom and I was like. Did you cut those? I sure did. <gasps> I didn't even know you did that. I, I haven't seen dumb. And I, because I was going to go short. I was watching tutorials and I was like, oh my listen, God. it's just hair. We're going through different eras. People experiment with different vibes all the time. Why don't you? Because I feel like I have not changed up my look in a decade yeah i just wear bigger clothes like that's all but if you, i have less hair bigger the, clothes the bangs are assigned of mental illness elizabeth i know well we just i just told you that i'm struggling <laughs> um so i i cut my bangs and then i was like it's 1 a.m by the time like i was like it's 1 a.m i have to stop and then i messaged her and i was like don't mention these when you see me tomorrow and then my mom saw them and she was like why the fuck would you do that like she swore and i was like because I need, I'm so, like, you are somebody who changes up your look all the time. Of course I do. And I want to be that way. The way Taylor has eras, I want that too. <laughs> I don't have eras though. I just, it's not real. I I just not afraid to, to do things to my hair. My hairdresser's going to be so mad. But anyways, in my brain, this all made sense. So I'm glad I'm verbalizing it. <laughs> We're going to just make this a mini-sode because. It's going to have to be anyway way too long yeah i just like yeah i want to change up my look and i want to i can't dress differently i don't got the money for that but i'll go into my tangent about aging when we talk about the movie okay (laughs) (laughs) do you want to recommend the book that you also oh yeah yeah okay thank you for reminding me okay so i read this one book in two days much the detriment of my physical health. I like stayed up till three o'clock in the morning. It's called The Love of My Life by Rosie Walsh. And from the the way the book is set out, it's about this man and this woman. They're married. They've been married for a decade. And she has cancer. He's an obituary obituary writer for a newspaper. And this is this is true. This is what we do at work too. For public figures we have stock obituaries yeah. on files so that we can just put them out whenever they die. So his fam- so his co- workers say, we know that Emma is doing well now, but we had started writing a stock obit on her. And he's like, well, I had started one too. And just he starts learning all about her life that it's just not what he thought it was. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's not necessarily a thriller. As soon as I started reading it, though, I'm like, they're going to make this into a TV show, a thousand percent. Oh, really? And it turns out Amy Adams has bought the rights to the the book. Mm-hmm. I cannot mm-hmm. say enough good things about this book. Five out of five Diet Cokes. Like, buy it, read it, love it, learn it. What's it called? The Love of My Life. It's so good. Wow. Set in London, which we all know I love a book set in London. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I want to be set in London physically. Yeah. It's so good. Yes. That's my secondary rec. Good for you. Yeah. You got another I'll, one? I'll do my really quick. <laughs> okay, so my first recommendation, I don't know, I guess this, this is like not as hyped up now. It's kind of lame. But we talked last week a lot about like as a chronic illness girly, I have like a lot of things that I do in order to like feel good on a day-to-day basis because it takes a lot to like maintain me. And part of like my struggle is I get really bad headaches, but sometimes they're caused because I have really bad like neck pain. And I bought this like giant neck massager thing that you put your arms through and i swear to god if you have neck pain or like you get bad headaches it's like 70 bucks on amazon i know it's a little bit of an investment get the one that charges don't get the one that plugs into the wall because like you want to take it from room to room and like i wear it while i'm working oh i recommend it feels sometimes like it's bruising you but like sometimes it's like the only thing that helps interesting when you said neck massage at first i was like wink wink no not really i don't know it'd be very hard to position this in a way to make it anything other than a neck massager i'm not gonna lie it's like a whole apparatus it's not distracting enough to like you can move your arms like you wear it like a backpack it goes over your neck and then has armholes down kind of like down by your belly and you put your arms in it to like hold the weight of it on it like keeps it on but like i can still type on my computer while i'm wearing it and it's been working yeah man it really does help. Because I've seen your little contraption with the ice around your head. Oh, well, I do, yeah. I have, like, every kind of headache hat. That's what I keep... I feel really dumb. I should have made... I was going to make a TikTok for girl dinner, but my girl dinner was going to be... I open my, my freezer, and I pull out a headache hat, and I get a Red Bull and Tylenol and be like, girl dinner, because, like, migraine dinner. I think a lot of girls... <laughs> could relate have you done that thing where you put your feet in really hot water yet that hack honestly i I had a bath the other day when i had a headache and i was like if my whole body doesn't work why just my feet work the headache hat in the massager in the bath oh i don't think i should bring the electronics i call it the the triple crown (laughs) my triple crown is uh from sage they have like a peppermint halo oil i do that an ice pack Tylenol and Advil and a Red Bull. You won't know what day it is, but you'll feel good. I always knew like that someone in our office had it had a headache when I would just smell like I'd be smell like, peppermint. Is it Christmas? And I'd yeah. be like, No, someone's just having a tension headache. Yeah, I have one in every room. Like I have rollers everywhere, and I have a refiller because I use it so much. Wow. So I also recommend that. Um, and then my second recommendation is it came out I think two years ago or something. The TV show Heartstopper. There's a new season, but I haven't got to it yet. But I'm making Jeff watch the first season because he didn't. And even I'm assuming Jeff is still straight, but maybe not after watching the TV show. But even like a 37 year old straight married man is vibing with this show. It's like it's just the most wholesome, sweetest show. Have you watched it? No. What's it about? Um, so it's, it's about this little, he's like 15 years old and he's gay and it's in Britain and he's so, he's just the cutest and they allude to like that he had been bullied in the past and there was a lot of troubles at school. And then this year he gets seated next to, uh, like a really cute, 
uh, rugby player and everyone's like, he's super straight, don't fall in love with him. But like, then they do kind of fall in love. Oh. And it, But it's the sweetest, like, if you were to kiss a boy, would you kiss me? And stuff like that. Like the sweetest, like, and I just, I love, I've also like loved the show Sex Education. And I just love that British shows are like, we don't care if people are gay, trans, whatever. It just is normal. It's just, it's, this could definitely have been a straight couple and they could have done the exact same TV show, but like, it doesn't feel like they're trying to make a statement or like it's... It's not queer baby. No, it's like the most wholesome, sweet, and they're just like two very cute boys and like you want them, you're like, go kiss each other. Aww. Like, it's so cute. Like, I... It's the sweetest show if you and you can watch a whole season in like a day if you just want to feel good inside. Maybe when I'm I'm on a season eight of Grey's now. Maybe when I finish the next ten, then I'll. I was going to say yeah, software. you have like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is anyone famous in that show? Olivia Coleman plays the hot rugby player's mom. Oh. Um. So she's in it briefly, which is I also love. Like they literally got this is post Oscar win. Like she's just. His in a mom. supporting role for yeah. like a minute. Just in like a couple episodes being like, honey, are you okay? I think like, I've seen a scene where they go to a party and are like holding hands or like... Maybe, yeah. But people are like, no, he's straight. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're like, he's the straightest guy I've ever seen in my life. And then... It's usually those are the, the gay ones. Yeah, he, but it's just like, like, it's just so wholesome and like... We're also watching Never Have I Ever at the same time. And I was like, and then there's the American kids who be fucking and be all like, I haven't even had sex yet. Oh, my God. And I'm finally not a virgin anymore. And then flip back to these like sweet, wholesome British boys. The fact that Paxton is really in his 30s. (laughs) You can tell he's got more wrinkles than I do. I can't like he has kind of a Harry Styles vibe physically about him. He's tiny, tiny, baby, tiny fit boy. They keep being like he's really good at swimming. And I was like, no, he's not. He's not long enough to be good at swimming. Where's, but where's the arm length? I used to love that show. And then I think when I found out how old he was, I was like, that's enough now for me. It's very strange. It's very strange. And now on the last season, he's like, uh, he works at the school instead of goes to the school. Oh. Yeah. As like a janitor? <laughs> he helps with the swim team. Got it. For some reason, as assistant swim coach, he's there all day. Like how much swimming be happening at the school? I don't know. But in America, like coaching oh, yeah. teams That's is true. a literal. A full-time job, apparently. Very get funny. to be the coach. Yeah, I did like the last season of Never Have I Ever as well. It just is, it was very stark contrast to this like sweet, sweet show. Oh. But I highly recommend it. Love that. Yeah. Do you, do you want to get into the, Do you want to take a break and then get into this week's movie? Yeah. Maybe we'll just set, <laughs> release this as a part two. It's been an hour, but I had a lot to say. And we're back. And this week we watched one of your favorite movies. Mm-hmm. We watched Something's Gotta Give, starring Diane Keaton, Jack Nicholson, and Kiki Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Friend to the pod, Kiki Reeves. And I mean, and uh what's Francis McDormand Dormand and it's oh, it was it was a stacked movie. It was yeah. who else um what's his name in it? The Iron Man director. Why do I only know him John Favreau. John Favreau was in it. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff was like, John Favreau's in this? I'm like, you know, I've seen this movie a hundred times. I don't remember who he is, so he must not be that big of a role. <laughs> Turns out he's not. He's, he's just not. an assistant. Assistant who seems like he's kind of in love with his boss. A little bit. That's all right. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your relationship with this movie. It came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I, only my second time watching it. Oh my God, I can't believe it. 
So I have a really funny reason why this became a movie I've seen a million times, but I've watched it since. Um, when we were little, our friend, my friend, our friend, Stacy, her parents had satellite, which you would, they had movie channels. But if you watched a movie on one of the stations, it would just replay when it ended. Mm-hmm. So we would spend weekends just watching one movie over and over and over again. We'd keep the TV on all night. We'd fall asleep in front of it. We'd wake up at various points. We both can recite this movie as well as from Justin to Kelly and that Peter Pan movie that came out around that time. Never seen that one. Yeah. Either one. Um, <laughs> from Justin to Kelly. Oh, and um, the Hilary Duff movie, the Lizzie McGuire movie. So I've seen them on a loop. It would literally credits would roll and then it would start over. So, I saw it probably 40 times the first weekend I saw it ever. And then since then, though, it's it is one of my favorite movies. Rewatching it. It's even better than I remember because I probably haven't watched it in like two years. I love this movie so much. It is East Coast. It is Beach House. And, you know, my favorite category of movie is old people fucking. I love Grace and Frankie. I love Book Club. I love when the oldies get fall in love. Oh, I love it so much. Like you see, you see older lady titties in this, and I do. I didn't I'm know here that there was it. a full frontal Diane Keaton scene that I rewound an abnormal amount of times. Really? I was like, is this really her? She looks great. I mean, great body. Absolutely beautiful woman. Yeah, but I didn't know that that was. And you see, old man ass. Yeah. The only oh, yeah. person's body who you don't see that you'd want to is Kiki. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, but boy, does he wear a turtleneck? Does he wear a chino <laughs> pant? <laughs> Man, I um, this is a Nancy Myers movie. Mm-hmm. Who gave us the Parent Trap? She gave us it's complicated. Yeah, she beautiful movies, and I, I that's one thing that I was telling Matt, my husband, as we were watching. I was like, don't you just love the aesthetic of this mm-hmm. Hamptons home? Like everything's blue, cream, her clothes, the white turtlenecks and the white, mm-hmm. you know, sh- uh, jeans is everything is just so beautifully set up for a movie that you know for its time. We weren't really watching people over 40 in no. movies. We're still not really. No. I mean, there are more, but... And they didn't... They did make it comical, but they didn't do it so far over the top that you're like, this is mocking people who are older. No. Like, they truly had, like, emotions and truly were sexual. And, like, it was... doesn't seem like, oh, <laughs> look at these old people. Yeah. Look what they're doing. The premise of the movie is that... Diane Keaton falls in love with her daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> and the daughter, <laughs> Amanda Peet, is dating this older man mm-hmm. who is like a serial womanizer. He's mm-hmm. 65. 64. He was engaged to Diane, Di- Sawyer. Diane Sawyer at one point and just has a history. He's just a well-known bachelor for Dayton, all the youngies. Playboy. Yeah. Wealthy music executive. Yeah. Drive-by records. Great. Hip-hop, hip-hop label. Yeah. So he's cool, too. Yeah. Uh, she's a very successful playwright. Yes. So the we, dream we have, like, yeah, what we both love in movies: money, absolutely, aspirational living, baby, absolutely. Diane Keaton plays a, a woman who's divorced after like twenty-one years of marriage. Yeah, but still very close with her ex-husband, who directs her plays. Yes, he's dating also a younger woman. So yes, the the idea of like age differences in in relationships is really central to this movie. Yes. So we have Diane Keaton, who plays, I think she's 56. Yeah. Oh, Diane Keaton was 56. She plays a 50-year-old. A 50-year-old? Yes. Jack oh, so was she's 65. Still, so she's still way younger than him? Keanu plays a thir- he plays 36. Oh, that's like, it's the same age difference both ways. I never yeah. knew that. 
I didn't. I thought she together. was supposed to be sixty. I assumed no, she's oh. supposed to be fifty, which fifty twenty something years ago looks a lot older than you know when the fifty yeah. we see of Jennifer Aniston and J Lo. Yeah, that's the new fifty. I feel. Yeah. Again, as somebody who hasn't really watched this movie often, I think I have a little bit more of a critical eye about it. <gasps> no, don't tell me bad things. So, do you want to start at the top of the movie? Sure. Let me like go from the plot. Yeah. Okay, so it starts off with Amanda Pete and Jack Nicholson arriving at uh, her mother, Erica Berry, um, her like beach house in the Hamptons. So they don't think her mom's there, so they go there to they she they talk about how they haven't had sex yet and they're gonna get it on. While they're getting ready to go in the pool, it turns out her mom is there that weekend and they all run into each other and she thinks it's an intruder and goes to call the cops, figures out it's actually her daughter's boyfriend. Um, even though I, th- I think they say her daughter is Amanda Pete's supposed to be like 29 or 30 and he's 35 years older than her. Then they agree. Let's just all stay for the weekend, even though like they have a kind of a tumult, like a dinner where they fight. And then that night they hear Amanda Pete and Jack Nicholson getting freaky. But then all of a sudden it turns into her yelling, mom. And it's because he's having a heart attack. And Diane Keaton gives him mouth to mouth. Well, I don't think, which I don't know if is necessary for a, a heart attack. Well, eventually it seems necessary, but in the moment. But what I love about it is this man. The whole joke is that he's never slept with anyone over the age of like thirty-five. So when he goes, she goes to give him mouth to mouth. He is, he goes no, like is terrified and disgusted by the idea of an older woman putting his her mouth on him, which is so funny. So. He goes to the hospital. It turns out it was a heart attack and he shouldn't travel because his hot doctor, Keanu Reeves, says he's not well enough to travel. I don't even want him in a car. He's He needs to stay where he is. So he stays with Diane Keaton and Amanda Pete goes back to the city and is like, peace, have yeah. fun with him. She realizes that just how old he is if he's yeah. having heart attacks and taking Viagra. Yes. But what's funny is when they go to the hospital and... Keanu Reeves meets Diane Keaton, he realizes that not only does he know who she is because he's a big fan of her plays, but it instantly got the boners for her. Mm-hmm. Instantly thinks she's hot. And the everyone else, do you see that? I love the scene where he's giving them all coffee and like Amanda Pete's flirting. Francis McDormand's like bats her eyelashes like 15 times. And then when he hands the coffee to Dan Keaton, she goes, she spills it and goes, ah, hot. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, it is so awkward. And it's like she has she doesn't doesn't even occur to her to even flirt with people anymore because she thinks that part of her life is over. Like mm-hmm. you, you just in that scene alone, you know that like she is not looking for a mate. She is shut down. She doesn't even notice if a guy is hot because she's like, well, well what's the difference? Right. And I think that like sets up. Perfect. I don't know. I think it's like a great setup for a movie. It is. And the premise of this movie is I think top notch. I think that you have to, you do have to, you know, pull a lot of strings to be like, and he can't even get in a car to go to New York City. And why would he be safer near a Hamptons hospital, which I'm assuming is probably not great. Right. We'll, we'll suspend that illusion for a little while. Yeah. And Okay. So there's a couple things that I, I noticed, like setting up this movie that I think... The choice of Jack Nicholson is an interesting one because... You want someone hotter. Yes. Okay, I'm just going to say I wanted someone hotter. I Mm -hmm. wanted like a Robert Redford or I wanted like... Who else? I mean, give me an Ed Harris. Give me somebody like 
a yeah. little who I could see as being timelessly handsome oh, that you want to have four exactly oh it was harrison ford you'd be like fucking reeves right yeah i think the thing is like jack nicholson is so great and i think like keanu where i've always said that i don't think keanu knows that he's being filmed i think they just like put him in these situations and yeah like, go ahead i it, it honestly feels like such a natural performance yeah and i right off the back of about schmidt I think that's why Nancy Myers wanted Jack for this movie. Yeah. The thing that was interesting is that I don't know how it feels to see your younger daughter as like a sexual being now, especially yeah. with this like creepy pervy old man. Well, I think that, yeah, I think you can tell she's not comfortable with any of it. But the way they set it up with the idea of like this time limit on female beauty is something that personally I've been struggling with. And I feel like... <laughs> Right away when I was in, I was like, even I'm 36 and I already like see guys go for younger women Mm -hmm. and think, how fucking typical is it? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm married, whatever. But like when you see a celebrity or somebody, you know, kind of reach this point where they're like, oh, I'm 40 something. I'm ready to settle down. They always go with a younger woman. And you're like, yeah, of course. Like, it, it just feels like even when you're younger dating older man, there is something that's a little more socially acceptable of it. Oh, absolutely. And that. I will have feelings about Diane and Keanu later on in this movie. <laughs> yeah, which is reflected in real life. Keanu is currently dating a woman who is his own age. And people were like, what? Why? Yeah. It was, people were so confused when they saw them red carpet together. I think initially they were like, is that his mom? And it's like, no, Keanu's in his 50s. Yeah. And so is the woman he's with. And that's normal. And she doesn't dye her hair. And she like. No, but she's she's, she's beautiful though. Uh, her name's Alexandra Grant. She's aged very well. I want yeah. her skin routine. She looks phenomenal. It, Diane Keaton is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, in this movie. But there is something when I did see Keanu flirting with her. I was. It, it did rattle this like thing in me where I was like, really? Yeah. What? I think it's supposed to. There was a funny scene in that scene where they're passing out the coffee. Amanda Peet says to her mother, I've never seen a man less attractive to me. Yeah. And me and Marie always talk about this because there was a moment that we reference often that I had to say to her, like I literally sent her a text and I was like, I have never seen a man less interested in me in my life. Yeah. And it turns out because he also liked much younger women. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It was just, so it's funny that you mentioned that because I literally recorded it on my phone and really? sent it to her and I was like... This is I love that. See, I know that you're struggling with this, but like I'm I probably already reached it, but I'm like very much looking forward to my last fuckable day. Like I want to not be perceived because I think even thinking about whether or not men find me attractive is such a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And that like if they don't like me for my age, my weight, my how I dress, uh, fuck them. Yeah. Like I'm not interested anyway. But it's so interesting that when it comes to female beauty... It is uh, both sexes are kind of involved in a way like yeah. women. I've even just noticed younger women treating me different because I'm older, Yeah, which makes me feel older. Yeah. Like you said, when you were like, someone was like, oh, I could talk to you forever. Let's yeah. talk. Like when I, I meet younger wise people. wise old, like the woman, who, the tree woman in Pocahontas. Oh yeah, Grandmother Willow. When yeah. I talk to younger women, I'm always just like, someone will let something slip where I'm like, you really think I'm old like i know it seems like both men and women kind of take us out of the running of being like even worth noticing yeah, but do you remember being in your 20s meeting someone who's 35 was like meeting a parent it was like this, yeah you're irrelevant to me but now that we are 35 we're like we're just you but smarter 
But I was dating people who were 35 when yeah. I was 23. It's different with men. It is different with men. Yeah. I was dating a 43-year-old when I was 25. Uh, it's different with men. R.I.P. He died. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so I was dating old guys, I guess. That's the best part. And I think it's, yeah. like, really smart, though, because... There seems to be like the Diane Keaton's daughter, Amanda Pete, in this. I don't remember her name. What's her name in it? I think it's Miriam. Marin, sorry. Marin, Marin, that's she it. She is dating him purposely because she doesn't want to get too close to anybody. Yeah. But like, I feel like at all ages, women are just out to get their heart broken. Like, so you don't date somebody who's in their 20s, so they're going to fuck you up because they're not ready to settle down. Yeah. You date a man in his 60s who just going to like parade you around, buy you shit, and yeah. then go. I don't know. It, just, it was an interesting point for, to me to watch, to just be like, oh, at every age, women are susceptible to, and this is not a hot take, heartbreak, but they're just doing whatever they can to protect themselves by choosing bad people. Yeah. Well, he is Mr. Big. He is. He's Mr. Big. He has the money, can do things for you, take you places, but he can never like give himself to you or commit to you or not have other women hanging around or he's Mr. Big. He is. Um, Which I love, Mr. Big. Um, so, so Harry has to stay with, what's her name, Erica. Yeah. And this is my central qualm of the movie. Okay. They are like the typical enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. Like he slowly comes around to seeing her as a human being rather than just someone's yeah, mother. Yeah, he doesn't even know her name at first. Right. He, even Keanu says like, how's Erica been treating you? And he goes, who? Yeah. That's and so and he's, been, he's already stayed there for like two days. It's so, like, it's so funny. It's so well done. She's nameless, and then she's fuckable. What the, this pendulum. It's like, in this isolated, it's almost like, it's essentially like a vacation romance in a sense where, like, no one's gonna see. Yeah. The stakes are so low. He thinks he's dying. Yeah. And I think he realized when Marin gave him the slip in the hospital that, like, oh, I have nobody. Yeah. In a way. Like, I have nobody here for me. My assistant. They both don't sleep because they're they're older like they have so many similarities so yeah they kind of when is it that they actually fall in love with each other because i have in my notes that there's a part where she decides to go up she accepts keanu's invitation to go to dinner mm-hmm. and both harry and julian like they have this catch their breath moment like a, we, we always call it a she's all that moment yeah where like someone comes down she's in wearing a, dress. a black dress yeah it's fully covers her arms and goes down to her knees yeah. but they were like oh my god you're stunning yeah um i don't know if it's that is it that moment for him for him i actually think for harry he goes through her photo albums and sees pictures of her when she was young right and i think you see him make the connection in his brain that she was young and hot and fuckable and she's still that person just way cooler and like super accomplished and has he's like remarks that like she knows french mm-hmm. and stuff like he's learning things about her and then I think, like, seeing the photos of her young somehow reminds him that, like, women just grow up. It's not yeah, no, It's not weird. You're making a, total, a lot yeah. of sense because I said, <laughs> I made a note, I've never met a straight man who will be like, let's look at a photo album. Yeah. Never. Yeah. He's just bored out of his mind. He's bored of his mind, yeah. And he, like they said, Amanda Pete's like, he called me, left me messages. He called a lot of people being like, what are you guys up to tonight? he has nobody. He has nobody, And yeah. so he does realize that like, she was once young, but also inevitably all the women that he dates are going to be older. Yeah. So yeah, they have this whirlwind thing and it's this thing of, if he can climb stairs, a flight of stairs, he can he have, have sex. sex. Yeah. My problem is, he specifically says, I had sex three days after a heart attack yes. and didn't die. 
this whole movie is based on three days. It, we've leap year, leap year. Okay, yes. <laughs> but with Diane Keaton losing her shit the way she does on yeah. him, being so upset and so vocal about her love for him over three days. Yeah. She says something about, like, I just wish it lasted more than a week. It wasn't yeah. even a week, baby girl. It was three days. Yeah. Amanda, was it four? They hung out a couple days after that. Okay, was so it not? five. Yeah. But I think, so just to give her a little credit, even in the hospital, like Keanu originally thinks that she's his wife because she's so emotional about what happened. So they kind of both just experienced a traumatic event, mm-hmm. which I think has them like heightened. Their emotions are heightened. So I think she was already in like oh, see, I saw a weird it space. More as, I saw it more as like the infantilization of Marin by having her mom come and take care of him because like... Oh. It's just like she's still a girl. And, yeah, that's and true too. Erica's a woman who can like rise to the occasion to yeah, take care of her. But I mean from like from Erica's point of view, she's she's been shooketh a little. Yeah. Like her she's had the same life for a really long time and everything is so so and everything is white and everything is clean and normal and then the event of his heart attack put her in a different emotional space and then even being asked out by Keanu, like she's in a weird place. Mm-hmm emotionally so i think he like he rattles her a little bit which i think makes sense it is a short timeline it's it is a short timeline when they have sex first of all her body's great i can't i cannot take him seriously as a sexual being yeah like i it and i hate myself for being like i can say this opposite uh, about women's bodies where like i want to see real bodies on screen yeah but there's something about him like his hair is always like pillow smushed like he always like looks like he's about to spill something on his sweater like i just don't what is wrong with me i love older men i think they're hot i can't like I, i'm gonna I be married to one too, like... but i just there's something about him i think he's just because he gives like schemey like uncle vibes Maybe. That I just didn't like for her. So I think, so I was going to ask, I don't know if you want to do this later on, like, who would you pick? But I know who you would pick, but like, I have reasons for why. Harry or Julian? Yeah. Well, personally, personally now I'd pick Julian. Well, yeah. Because he's 36 and like when, even seeing him as 36, like jarred me because I'm 36. I a like, doctor? Like, a doctor how, do you have time, how do you have the time to become a doctor at just 36? Right? <laughs> The baby age of 36. When I'm 50, I don't think I would have anything in common with someone who's 36. Yeah. But, and I also would, it would probably trigger a lot of like, what the fuck are you doing with me at 36? Yeah, I'm sure. There'd be some insecurities. Yeah. But when he is reading her play and then they start to kiss and then she goes, no, it's too much. I can't kiss you. And he jumps over the couch. So cute. Oh my god. That's like a, so hot. I love that scene. I yeah. love every scene where he tries to like coax her into being sexual with him. Yeah. By just being like, it's okay. I want you to kiss me. Like, yeah. I want to kiss you too. Yeah. Like, he's so into her that I just feel like, I mean, again, I say this as a married mother. Like, I'm not even used to anybody making it known that they liked me. Like, yeah. even when I was single, it was just always like chasing a Harry. Yeah. Not... I think, a Julian. I think that's so I was saying to Jeff like I would still pick Harry because Julian okay it depends what you're into Julian it would be like having someone it's like having a puppy like someone who's obsessed with you you'll never have to worry if they like you or they're into you he's like 
obsessed with her, but maybe not stimulating emotionally. There's probably no bickering ever. Mm-hmm. He's just no like in, in awe of her. So cute, though. So loving. Would do anything for you, which in one way is great. But then there's Harry, the Mr. Big, who's only gives you morsels. And because of that, you're like, I need more. Yeah. And he'll always like keep you on your toes. And I think I would I'd pick a Harry. For the emotional gymnastics that it provides you. Yeah. There's, I think a therapist would have like a field day with us over there. <laughs> I'm seeing mine on Monday. Um, one of the things that I wrote down was that when Harry and Erica have sex, he says, you're the funniest girl I've ever had sex with. Yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about this because I feel like you and I have both been kind of given these compliments of that are not really compliments. Oh, absolutely. My whole life. That have nothing in these really vulnerable moments. Oh. Where you're just like, okay so it's kind of like yeah it's almost as if they're acknowledging that like they went out of their normal realm to be with you yeah and they're just like no yeah yeah that's not you're not using my type i literally once was when i was seeing the older guy when i was 23 had a moment it was christmas it was boxing day and like it was we were just like laying there and then he said you're great and i was like thanks you're great too and he goes but i'm never gonna marry you and i just thought like that was what it reminded me of of like she has this like wonderful moment where she's crying she's so emotional yeah and he's just still being so at a distance to her yeah you're a woman to love a woman to love but not i'm not in love with you you're a woman someone's gonna love you someday exactly yeah what did you think of that that compliment i it's that's him protecting himself Mm -hmm. i also don't think he ever he doesn't have the language i don't think no to tell her really how he feels but also is he supposed to really say i'm in love with you after three days no like eh. but he also says everything with his language is honey 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 Mm -hmm. and i hate that yeah like i i love being called a baby a babe but the way he says honey was always like putting her in her place oh it's condescending yeah it was the the cutest point or part to me was when they were walking on the beach and mm-hmm. he was noticing things about her where mm-hmm. he was like, you only pick up the white ones. You only pick up like that was the cutest thing to me of like yeah. him actually paying attention to her. Yeah. And not in a sexual way, but just like him kind of just being like, oh, there are this like realm of people that I just do not look at. Yeah. And she's one of them. Yeah. I think what what they'd say later is that, like, I can't figure out, I can't remember what she says, I can't figure out if you're just whatever, or if you're the only person who ever really got me. Yeah. And I think it's that, like, they're very similar people. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, she's so drawn to him. Because I- they are people who are used to being on their own. They're type A. They don't let people in. I want to find that quote, because I feel like it's a, it's such a good one. I can't decide if, oh, yeah. I can't decide if, do you hate me or if you're the only person who's ever really got me? Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't hate you. Yeah. There's something about Erica that I, I... She's supposed to be this, like, really brilliant, interesting woman. But for the most part, we see her really frazzled. Like, we yeah. don't really see that... Like, the Erica that we hear about is mm-hmm. not the Erica who we see. Because she kind of is unraveling with everything that happens to her. Yeah, I think it's kind of like, so you see that happen to Marin too. And then she says to her, we're more alike than you think. Mm -hmm. Because I think that they are both people who pretend to be uh, together and they seem brilliant, but they're both just like 
right under the surface emotional. Yeah. And easily frazzled. But I, yeah, I think that like it's just she's just always trying to be strong, but she's not. Right. Yeah. So Harry leaves. She makes plans with Julian, but then she goes to the city because her ex-husband is now dating, is engaged, engaged yeah, to and... a woman Marin's age. And Marin yeah. falls apart over this. Yes. She said a really interesting thing about like why she protects herself from men is she's like, because if someone like dad can do this to me, yeah. imagine like what it would be like if I was in love. And I was yeah. like, if I had seen this movie in 2003, maybe I would have saved thousands and thousands of dollars on on therapy yeah i thought like nancy myers man writing this movie like Mm -hmm. what if it's fucking genius it's a great movie i just wish they had a summer together yeah i wish there was more time and i also just wrote down i think they needed a golden retriever dog yeah i love a movie for for the vibes to keep the warm the house make the house seem a little bit more warm inviting little bit of comic relief and somehow also use that as a ploy to keep them talking or interacting throughout the day i just felt like i needed a golden retriever the reason why i think like there isn't a dog is like these people seem like they're in a phase of life where they're completely detached i know like they can pick up and go somewhere pick up go the other place like they you know travel to france on a whim like there's there's really they're in a season of life where they're untethered. Yeah, I just I think I would have liked the plot point added of like Harry's dog had to be dropped off because like to live there, and that she was annoyed because her house is all white and clean, and then in the end she falls in love with the dog too. That would have been a really I, great point. Yeah, I think it would have just too. added added a little sprinkle. Kind of like how Meredith gave her dog to Derek, and it like connected them even <laughs> yeah. though they were already broken up. Exactly. And then the glasses. That was very sweet. I thought the glasses were so sweet that they mixed them up and then. So good. I do also want to say, only thing I wrote down was, this is Keanu's, I think, best performance. Do you see the difference, though? When I talk about The Lake House and Sweet November, this movie, he is smiling the whole time. He's so engaged. He's so bubbly. His hair is bouncing back and forth. I He doesn't look like that in other movies. He looks like a little detached. What this, we could say is that just writing? Cause maybe, but this is like, he is... It like he is in this movie. Like he is fully present, so likable. I think he's funny. I think like he's the he was the perfect person to cast in that role. And you wouldn't think it based on his other roles. No, because we're right off of Sweet November's two thousand one. Then we're in Matrix World, and yeah. then we're here like Matrix Reloaded or whatever. And now we're here, and then in three years we're gonna have the Lake House. Yeah. This is the most youthful he's looked like. He will be. He looked great. He's yeah, he's just I don't know. I, I think the thing with Keanu is I always think he's just a little bit removed or like ugh, I I'm going to say that that's script. I think that's maybe, project driven. Maybe. I truly believed he was in love with her. Like he, he wanted to be with her. Like I actually didn't believe that in the Lake House or Sweet November. No. But in this movie, him handing her coffee, I was like, yep. I Like the chemistry was instant for me. I believe Keanu is one of those rare guys who doesn't date. Like like we talked about, and I'm not, his girlfriend is gorgeous. Yeah. But there, he could easily be a Hollywood guy who dates a 26-year-old. Yeah. Like I think he it's more believable to see that he wants like a soulful connection with yeah. somebody who's like he admires and respects yeah versus somebody who is like young fertile and whatever yeah um, so it's also interesting that he's gone from starring role to starring role to starring role and then this is like 
side character. One of the higher ranked side character, like a higher build, but still like this isn't his movie. Mm-hmm. But even in the final scene when Harry shows up in Paris and you see first he's like really happy to see Harry and talking and bubbly. Then you start to see his face change because he's starting to notice how like their connection is. He's mm-hmm. so subtle about it. I don't know. I just think that this is like Keanu. I think this is his most brilliant performance. And it makes me mad that we can't get more of that. Like, just, just a Keanu. Can we just like message Nancy Myers to have her write another thing for Keanu, please? Yeah. Uh, like a small doctor in the Hampton. Yeah. Can we just have like whatever happens to Julian? Um, <sighs> there's the scene outside of the restaurant in New York where she goes to dinner with her ex husband and his mm-hmm. new fiance. And he sees she sees Harry come into the restaurant with the young chickie, mm-hmm. and she is heartbroken. Yeah, the line that she says is, "I like you," and he goes, "I like you too," and she goes, "But I love you like you." Mm-hmm. Perfect line. Yeah, could not write a romantic comedy line better mm-hmm. myself. I just that's where I'm like the the emotion of this moment would have just been so much better if you had just given me like even a month yeah a month because i don't feel like all relationships have to be long to be impactful some of the most impactful relationships in my life of like dating have been brief because they can like before they even become serious yeah it's you who's in them right not even necessarily reciprocated but like she just the way she freaks out at him where he was like, I had these plans before I met you. Like, that's a very valid thing because it was a week ago. It's true. Yeah. I think that, especially at the beginning of relationships, it's really hard if they end abruptly because you have so much like hope and off the top or so much like you start planning things or thinking, she even said like, if we still know each other in January, let's go to Paris. Like she's already planning things. Yeah, she said, I don't know how to be intimate, but not intimate. Yeah, and because he cut it off right away. I think she's just like, she's gone, gone crazy. Yeah, she got that. She got dicked down and she got mm-hmm. dick drunk. But also I think that he's making her feel nuts because she knows he's changed as well. He slept eight hours when he's never slept more than four in his life. He, They both cry. He admitted that, like, he's never felt these feelings before. And then now he's like, well, yeah, I got to get back to my life. Like, what do you think this was going to be? And she's like, am I are you? Am I fucking nuts? He's gaslighting. But her. I've had hangovers that last longer than three days. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that I'll, re- I'll reiterate this until the cows come home. The central flaw of this movie is that it's, it's just a, a, it's, I, not, it's just give a week. That. It should have been day one. They don't interact too much. Day two, they go for a walk. Day yeah, give three, me a month. Yeah. Give me a summer. Yeah. Give me a summer. That would have been great. That would have been great. I will say the scene of her crying uh, after, like, she cries for, like, in many, many. Hysterical. It's like a montage of her crying is one of my favorites. And my favorite, one of my favorite physical comedy moments of all time, and this is something that's very important to me, is when he messages her on and she's sitting on her computer and she just looks up and goes, ah, it's like she sideways. looks at the camera yeah. for a moment. It's, it's so funny. So good. It's a, Cause a lot of it's really sad. She's like on the beach and like with papers in her hands and they're flowing away. And she's like, she's just sobbing. But that was like the most, it just showed that she's like, what the fuck? She's yeah. so sad, but she's so like, confused. That's the thing. I wish maybe they explored a little bit. Like, why are you crying? Like, are you crying because you genuinely love this person? Because you've realized, like, 
one of the things that I read about this movie was that Nancy Myers was talking about it being people at a certain age who fall in love, really fall in love for the first time. Yeah. So are you crying because you realize what you've been missing your whole time? Like, yeah, it just a little bit more clarity. Yeah. Of it. I think it. I'm being super critical. I know. I think it, I think it's just like open the the floodgates like that were already there right she just had never tapped into them i wonder what all of her other plays were about because if she's never really experienced this love what was she been writing about and she used and this is like a I, we were talking about taylor swift earlier she uses word for word yeah real things that have happened to her yeah and it's i a love ya, yeah, right it's love a yeah on not like you on love ya. Yeah. yeah it's I, so like it was so funny that like she uses word for word and then there's a moment where he learns about the play where he's mm-hmm. like, can I sue the shit out of you? Like, yeah. you know, like, what the fuck? Yeah. But it's like, he lets her have it in a way of yeah. like, I, I did this, but yeah, it's mu- it must be how men feel when Taylor's about to write something about you. Yeah, they're you. like, you, what yeah, it's I like, I did this to myself. Yeah, exactly. I'm the one who fucked up. Yeah. What do you think of, um, because the Diane that we see who unravels really collects herself and there's like a... There's a coldness about her when we meet her again. Yeah. Like when she runs into Harry at the theater, like yeah. she seems, even though like she's a little embarrassed that like he's seeing how much she put into the work. Yeah. From there on out, when we see her in Paris, when we see her with Julian, like she's altered in a way that isn't as, I don't, I want to say almost available as yeah. the way he unmoored her in a way. Yeah. Maybe her guards are back up and then he's at this party where he's like i don't even want to be at this party yeah. anymore yeah he wants to like leave the city he he's keeps having these uh anxiety attacks ha- yeah nothing means means anything without her it's so it's so good i love i i think this is the perfect movie it is it's pretty good it's, it's pretty cl- i think it's pretty close like for rom-coms anyway it's I, pretty close i think it's pretty close and i think it's funny because it doesn't involve like the hottest people in Hollywood. I think it's like, it's beautiful. It's touching. It's hilarious. But they set it up so well. And I know they don't spend enough time on the relationship portion. But like, I do think it's like, they, there's so many layers to it. But you believe all of it. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, they set it up like, it's almost like a, a self-awareness of being a rom-com within a rom-com. Yeah. Of she wants to end something in Paris. Like, yeah. she, like she wants to end her play in Paris. She wants to, like this movie ends in Paris. Yes. She ends, it's six months. Mm-hmm. Six months, she goes to Paris for her birthday with Julian for, and. Yeah, I was trying to do the math because Marin is pregnant and married already. Yeah. She's, didn't she say she's three months pregnant? Which so like, a, a, another therapist may have, have like, her, if her mom falls in love in a week, Marin falls in love in a month. Like, yeah. She jumps. It's yeah i just i want to call nancy and be like run your timelines by me i know have someone double check your work how many times i said jeff it's only january yeah it's only january late maybe late january yeah it's almost his birthday too yeah yeah that's fast yes that's my other plot point yes i know timing i know and in that time well he grew a beard which i guess could happen in that amount i mean some men i think it's like i mean for me i can shave my legs at seven yeah and there's hair on them by three yeah that's true so maybe it's like that for men and beards maybe but are we to believe when they're at dinner that keanu's proposing they 
they don't tell you and it's also really weird the way he says it like oh i finally found the perfect gifts and he puts it on the table a tiny and, box and harry's still there i don't know also like i literally allowed said she doesn't want to get married dude right i don't think she wants to get married but like the way that it's the little box yeah i thought that they were i thought are we supposed to believe that that's where they are yeah i don't know i don't know keanu's all about her i mean listen he looks so cute in his little turtleneck Mm -hmm. and his little scarf at the end yeah great scarf work yeah great turtleneck work in this movie yeah but also when harry shows up he's like i can't believe you're here what are you doing here oh my god you have to sit with us and all that stuff but he's seen the play yeah he knows what happened he knows they fell in love so if i want to be really literal with some uh, clothing she's either wearing black or white never gray yeah so i feel like that is supposed to mirror her feelings yeah she's all in all out like she's in white all the time or she's in black never anything else yeah which i read i relate to wholeheartedly <laughs> but there's like when we meet harry like he's where he wears these like very aggressive pops of color mm-hmm. have you noticed that like mm-hmm. the, i think i've never seen anything least like the worst i think i've ever seen is that black suit with the gold tie yeah <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever seen on oh film. Oh, my God. He's different than her. I think that's the whole the whole point. Do you think that, like, different... Like, do you feel like you and your partner are different? Like, do you feel like it has to be, like, different to attract? Opposites attract? No, not necessarily. I think that, like... And I've said this before, that, like, the foundational things have to be there of, like... It makes it a lot easier if you're from similar places and have similar ideals. But, like, foundationally, you have to kind of be the same. Mm-hmm. And then, like, personality and quirks and stuff like yeah. that can be different. But I think, like, like they relate to each other because they are the same type of person. You have to yeah. be the same type of person, I think, with your partner. I wonder what it's like, though. And this is something that maybe I can't really relate to in this movie until I'm older. Of what is it like seeking a partner when you're not looking for foundational things of building a family? Yeah. Right? Because, like, the things, like, we've all dated people before we choose who we choose. And if you want a family, you are maybe like, I really love you, but you're not the one. Like, we're not going in the same direction. You're not who I want to raise kids with. Yeah. So, like, in this next phase of life, like, what is it like for people who have those things our pressures taken off the table and it can just be like meaningful but fun yeah like you want to minimize as much stress from your life as possible i felt like his little road trip to find the exes was a little out of place yeah i don't think it was necessary no i think i guess they needed a reason for him to go see Marin and then to find out she was in paris but he would have known that already yeah you know if you hear a bulldog it's a bulldog <laughs> and she's deaf so we can't yell at her to go away no unfortunately she and she just doesn't understand social cues i wonder if like you asked nancy myers if that would be like a rewrite like that was like a last minute addition someone was like well we need to tie it up that he's really changed yeah sometimes you're like did you just add this stuff so that you could get to the yeah because it felt like the first half was all from diane keaton's perspective yeah, and then the last half was really all from him and it just didn't really tie in well. Yeah. Speaking of movie breakups, we talked about this in You've Got Mail. Probably the easiest breakup, her and Julian. Uh, yeah, where he's, he's just like, like, I know you're I in love saw with him. I yeah. saw that you're so in love with someone, like someone else. But don't you feel so bad for him? He's in Paris with her on her birthday. He's so in love with her. And she's just like, 
by. It is very carry and big, but no one got slapped. Yeah. I love the part where he like it snows and he's like, come on. Like, he's like, <laughs> I just thought it was an interesting part that like he tried to do this big grand romantic gesture, mm-hmm. but in the end was willing to just like let her go. Yeah, because he thought she was happier. And maybe she might have been. Yeah. But the ending scene where they go into the restaurant with the baby and he is the proudest I, grandfather. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I didn't remember that part. Yeah. Did you cry a little bit? <laughs> I felt things. Yeah. It was very sweet. That's what when he, she said, I'm three months pregnant. I said aloud to Jeff and you're the grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the cutest moment where he's like looking around the restaurant, he's like showing laughing. the baby. He's, he's like, so proud. look at the baby. Yeah. Adorable. I know. It's so good. I, but it, it's hard to believe someone can change that much, but he like fully embraced like I'm with this woman. I'm part of her family. Yeah. I don't know. It worked out. So adorable. I, I just love this movie. That was so probably much. one of the best endings. Yeah. I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Because I've never really seen an ending where it's like, and now we're grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's great. That's the benefit of old people fucking movies. But this, if we were doing our bingo card, we have a father marrying younger. Mm-hmm. What else do we have? Paris? Rich yeah. people? No one threw up, I don't think. No. No. No one threw up. No one threw up. That we know of. Unfortunately. But it was, we have a uh, instant messaging. We do. On computers. <laughs> we do. I kept saying, they can't be on Wi-Fi. They can no. be hardwired in. And then at one point you do see is like Ethernet cable. Because I was like, this is way before Wi-Fi. It's so funny gotta be and i was like i don't even think jack nicholson knows how to type i think no. they were like to type you just move your hands like yeah. this <laughs> they had a hand double typing for him yeah yeah probably. absolutely like, I'm jack nicholson i don't need to fucking type absolutely i i think it's one of the best movies of all time i love like the french music in it too like they make her seem so cultured and cool and oh she's i still believe like diane keaton is probably one of the coolest women in the world absolutely her jane fonda older women are the cool ones but we don't pay attention to them the way that we should yeah um nancy Myers said that at first she was worried that no one would want to see the movie because i think an uh, article came out in the new york times and called this movie granny hall hmm. and then she realized that there was actually a whole audience waiting for this kind of representation yeah. in film even though it's not a diverse movie whatsoever no but it's bunch of white people groundbreaking in a sense yeah for rom-com genre um is there any recasting you would have done well we discussed the thing is though i think jack nicholson is brilliant in it because i think his personality is perfect for it but i know yeah it'd be better if it was a lusty older man but i think that also adds to it because keanu is like he checks all the boxes like why wouldn't she pick keanu and it's supposed to be like no this is real love she doesn't care because like also he's 64 years old with a heart condition and she could instead be with someone way younger and have a whole lifetime of happiness but she might only get 10 years of happiness with this man true because he's not well but like it's worth it you know i think that works i don't know i don't think i'd recast i even love amanda pete in this i think she's she's fantastic she's exactly fits the part perfectly i love amanda pete in general but you are a Amanda Pete Stanley. Yeah, I honestly think her career should have been 
bigger because I think she's so bubbly and I like her. So I just much. didn't realize that at auctions you meet a lot of people. Like yeah. I just, I've never really <laughs> thought about auctioning. Like yeah. I never think about auctioning. Everyone has a cool job though. I love oh, that. Oh, you got to. I, I don't ever want to see like anyone in New York not have a cool job. Yeah, everyone's got a really cool job, which I love. I, uh, I mean, you are selling me on like why he's like, I know he's great in it. I just think from my own hangups, I was just like, I don't even think at 30 that I would have gone out on a date with a man like that. No, I think the Marin and him stretch thing is a stretch. Mm-hmm. Marin and Harry are a stretch. I don't think Diane Keaton and him are a stretch. Yeah. But I think you needed it to be someone who wasn't like, obviously, he's so hot. Right. Like his little bum. <laughs> his little bum. When he runs really, really fast. Oh, I love that too. Great comedy. Her wedge sandals. Physical comedy. It's just... Uh, it has everything. It's got Perfect. it all. It's got it all. Uh, let's talk about Taylor Swift songs. Oh, I didn't even think. I've about. got one. <laughs> Every episode, we choose a Taylor Swift song that we feel best represents the movie. For me, mm-hmm. it was "You Belong with Me." Oh, that's can't nice. you see that I'm the one who understands you? Been here all oh, along. Why can't you see nice. "You Belong with Me"? I didn't really. Th- I keep forgetting this is a segment. Um, what would be a good one? Invisible string. I don't know. Salt air. What song is that? August. August. I still picked that last time. You were never mine. He was never yours. Yeah. Maybe August. Back when we were still changing for the better. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Wasn't up. Yeah. August. I just thought you belong with me is the most like it's so obvious, you idiot. Mm -hmm. She's the one that understands you. I don't have much trivia about this movie other than she wrote this part specifically for. Diane and wow um the budget on this movie was 80 million oh yeah it's probably mostly well the house and the actress (laughs) box office 266.7 million good job yeah love this movie pretty good I don't think people talk about it enough I don't think I think it gets uh misconstrued with it's complicated which honestly I only saw once and was like not even in the same week. I feel like we'd it's have not. to rewatch it eventually because, like, it's Meryl and Steve Martin. Yeah, I, it's not Steve Martin, isn't it? No, it's Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin. Oh, is he? See, I only saw it once. Who do you think it's complicated with? Oh, John Krasinski. No, he's, <laughs> he's the son-in-law <laughs> or the son. I, I don't only, know. I only saw it once, but I just remember thinking it. It's trying, and it's not. Something's got to give. It's exploring, like, divorced relationships from another perspective, but, like, with the messiness that I don't think, like... That's more like, do you go with your ex who you've been through the muck and mire with? Or yeah. do you... What am I talking... I'm talking like I'm 75 years old today. <laughs> She's unmoored. The muck and mire. Um, or do you go with someone new? Yeah. Um, okay, cozy rating. Do I need to even need to ask? Um, 10 out of 10, cut down the middle turtleneck. That's what I was going to say. No, really? I'm gonna go eight out of ten old man butts in a hospital gown. <laughs> the dancing Marys. That's right. That's what I'm gonna go for. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. It was a good pick. It was a great pick. That is a true comfort watch. Should we share what we're watching next? Absolutely. So next week we're bringing back this the illness. <laughs> Bring back the sadness. Bring back Julia. Bringing back Julia. Introducing Marmy. Mar. The best Marmy season the, three. And the only Marmy. And uh, we're doing Stepmom. So stay tuned to cry. Get you Kleenex, but oh, God. Such what a, a good, good movie. movie. You don't even know what snowblowing is. <laughs> Pearl Jam tickets. <laughs> That's how she says it. Pearl 
jam tickets. <laughs> oh, God. The best. So, as usual, you can find us on TikTok at... At Comfort Watch Podcast. <laughs> you jumped in to save me and then even you, know, you forgot it there. yes we can be on tiktok and on instagram at comfort watch podcast we post so many like different types of things be sure to follow us there if you have something that you want to say you can send us an email at comfortwatchpod at gmail.com yeah dm us send us a review like us mm-hmm. we'll share all of our recs we forgot our recs last week on mm-hmm. instagram yeah so we'll put them wow <laughs> i never I, said anything because i was like she's busy i guess i just didn't do it yeah it's okay we'll do it tomorrow <laughs> you know i made the graphic i just never did it oh okay all right well we can do that later yeah so just be sure to follow us and come along for the ride fall is winding down and then we have so much planned for christmas <laughs> you don't even know you know you don't even know don't how know cozy it. it's gonna be for christmas we will See you later. In the meantime, stay comfy. Stay cozy. Bye. Bye.